the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Morgan Zeggers, and today we are doing rapid fire, going through a bunch of random things that are happening in the news that kind of have something to do with each other, but also just some random stories that I went wow to that you guys have to hear about. So before we get into it, remember, use code FREEDOM for a free shipping on my Zegger's Freedom Flags at zeggersfreedomflags.shop. Um, my workshop is in upstate New York, and we would really appreciate the support. So we have political signs. We have two-foot flags, three-foot flags. We do sell four-foot flags, but, man, it's a doozy to do those. And I've even made a five-foot flag for Gorka. So if you want one, free shipping, use code FREEDOM at zeggersfreedomflags.shop. Next up, it's almost June, and you guys know, at this point, I run Young Americans Against Socialism. It's a nonprofit where we interview people who escaped socialism, communism, and we want to hear their stories so that we can have that inspiring story to take those values into our life and implement them in our own lives. But also, there's just so much to learn about world history and then connect that to what's going on in America today. It's it's a really, really great lesson. Each episode is going to be so awesome. And I'm really excited for those to come out. They will be coming out, I think, in June. But could be a little bit pushed back. I just want to make sure these episodes are chef's kiss. Um, last thing, please subscribe. I would really appreciate it if you could subscribe and give the five stars and um, leave a worded review. That's all I'm going to ask from you. Thank you very much. All right. First thing, um, I know that on Instagram, if you follow me, I asked if anybody had questions about the Pfizer dump. Because, like we kind of mentioned with this Roe v. Wade thing in the last episode, a lot of people were saying that the Roe v. Wade case, um, well, the the striking down of Roe v. Wade with the new Supreme Court case and the written decision draft that was leaked from Alito Last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago at this point, I don't know, time is flying, we're having fun. When that happened, a lot of people said that was specifically timed to distract us from the 80,000 documents that Pfizer just released. And some other people said that Pfizer released them at the time of Roe v. Wade or around all of these other problems, thinking that it would help distract the public from them. But you guys... I looked at your questions, I have saved them so that we can go through them in the future, but... This Pfizer data dump isn't, let's say this, is not the um, slam dunk that a lot of conservatives are making it look like. For me, I would personally hate to see that it turns out the Pfizer vaccine or any of the vaccines are incredibly dangerous. So I'm not hoping to find that kind of news. I'm not searching, trying to find numbers to be like, yes, it's going to fail and hurt a bunch of people. I don't want to see that. And so I'm not disappointed that this isn't a slam dunk for conservatives or anything like that. But I'm just saying, look at all this with... Uh, a very cautious perspective. And I can tell you that from my advisors, my the people that I look up to, the people that I go to, they were saying the same stuff. And so I am not going to comment on this yet. It's, like I said, 80,000 documents. It's really hard to look through it all, especially if you're not experienced in analyzing that kind of, sci- kind of scientific data. So just be cautious, okay? Um, for now, there is on Substack under Alex Berenson, a pretty good basic summary of why this isn't a slam dunk. And I encourage you guys, if you want to go read that, I've been reading it. I know a lot of my friends are also looking into this too, but it's been a general consensus that this isn't really being talked about right now because people are not exactly sure what to even say, and it's not um, the hyped-up situation that you might be seeing on Twitter from from some of the more conservative pages. So just be cautious, okay? That's all I'm going to say about that right now. 
Similar with the COVID mess and the solutions for it is this Johnson & Johnson news because it came at the weirdest time right before the Trump rally. And then if you guys watched the Trump rally, it was quite strange. Um, Or at least that's the vibe that I got. So I wanted to keep you guys aware of this one. So uh, an article by conservativetreehouse.com says FDA limits use of Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to blood clots. So recently the FDA announced that they were going to limit the use of this vaccine. The article says the FDA has limited the use of the Johnson and Johnson COVID vaccine to only those over 18 years old due to blood clotting issues. Johnson and Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine is now limited to adults due to the risk of a rare blood clotting syndrome. And then the FDA released a very simple statement, um, something along the lines of, let me see, Uh, Quote, today the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has limited the authorized use of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine to individuals 18 years of age and older. Um, So yeah, there's that. Makes sense. There's a concern for blood clots. Let's not do this. But you guys, we have been put through forced vaccinations, forced mandates, all of these things for such a long time. Americans are upset about it. So that's what makes the next thing a little weird. This article from News Wars is about what happened at the the Trump rally in Pennsylvania. There was two awkward things. First of all, the Johnson and Johnson people being brought up on stage and Trump and Dr. Oz getting booed at. Very strange. Um this article, let's see. Out of touch, mega crowd unimpressed as Trump touts friendship with Johnson and Johnson air at rally. Now you guys, I voted for Trump both times. I'm very supportive of him. I think he's he's gotten a lot of great results. And I'm not someone that's like, yeah, I liked his leadership, but I wish he would stop tweeting. I don't care. Like I, I for the most part I liked that he was feisty. But there is this thing that sometimes he talks and I go, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? Um and this is one of those moments. I just want to read it and maybe you guys will feel the same. So it says, awkward moment comes as FDA restricts use of J&J's COVID injection over links to threatening blood clots. Former President Trump appeared off message and out of touch with his base after introducing the billionaire heir of COVID-19 vaccine maker Johnson & Johnson during a Pennsylvania rally on Friday. Trump touted his friendship with Jets owner Woody Johnson, heir to the Johnson & Johnson Pharmaceutical Company, during a Save America rally in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, in support of Senate candidate Dr. Mehmet Oz, drawing little to no applause from the audience. Yeah, you guys, let's let's play the clip. With us are some friends of mine. They wanted to say, I said, don't come tonight. Let's go another time. It's pouring. Woody Johnson, a great gentleman. You ever hear of Johnson & Johnson? He owns the place, I tell you what. This guy's got cash like nobody's got cash. Johnson and Johnson. Is it just me or was that quite strange? And the language, I mean, Woody Johnson, a great gentleman. You ever hear of Johnson and Johnson? Yeah, we have. We have been made miserable because of these companies for a very long time. And we have been sickened by the fact that they create products and then have the government force demand onto the entire population by forcing us to take the vaccine and then you're shoveling millions of dollars to these companies we're very aware of johnson and johnson and pfizer and the rest of them okay so then he when he says he owns the place (laughs) he he owns the place i tell you what this guy's got cash like nobody's got cash trump announced i mean come on like there wasn't anything else that could have been said instead of that like i I'm an average American woman, right? Young woman. And I feel like most of Trump's supporters are like me, where working class, middle class, hardworking average Americans that are sick of these big corporations partnering with government to get rich off of American taxpayer dollars. We've been sick of these forced vaccines. We're sick of a lot of the massive concerns with health care. We're sick of the nasty chemicals that get put into Johnson and Johnson products. I mean, I won't even get into that one. That'll be its own episode. But speaking of which, I'm excited because I just ordered a whole line of makeup that is supposed to be like cruelty free, 
completely natural, organic, and not filled with a million chemicals that you can't pronounce. And I'm really excited. I'll tell you guys about it if I like it, but I'm going to test it out. And I think it comes today. I am an absolute granola, crunchy granola person at this point when it comes to products and what we're putting in our bodies, on our skin. Apparently women put 300 chemicals onto their skin a day. Um, just with the amount of daily products that we're using as our little feminine selves. And it's actually quite harmful because so many things are approved by the FDA that probably shouldn't be. Um, and that goes into things even as like the the fake fragrance um, that can be in our, our, our candles or in our perfumes or in our hairspray, whatever it is. Like if it's got fake fragrance, it's got gender bending chemicals. And oh, you guys, I, I need to stop while I'm ahead here. But perhaps we can have... Um, an expert on to talk about gender bender chemicals because I am obsessed and I'm going to be making some major changes, especially when it comes time to like actually have kids. Now that being said, let's get back to this. So when Trump says, you ever hear of Johnson and Johnson? He owns the place. I tell you what, this guy's got cash like nobody's got cash. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. He is so out of touch with this. Who on his team was like, this is a good idea. Why in his head? I mean, the whole point was that he used to speak on behalf of the American people. He used to feel and portray himself as if he was a great representation of why we were so frustrated with everybody out there. All of these elites that are shouting down at us how we should be living our lives. And then now Trump is is telling a crowd of MAGA supporters that have had his back through a lot of crap. This Johnson & Johnson guy's got cash like nobody's got cash. Yeah, it's called American taxpayer dollars now in his wallet. Thanks for the reminder. So it just really rubbed me the wrong way, and I watched it, and I was very concerned. And what's even weirder is, like, I saw it, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll bring this up on the podcast. Like, I think this is a, a kind of big deal that he would do this because it shows how out of touch he is, and we need an on-point Trump if he's going to run in 2024. Otherwise, please don't. Um... But then I saw my friend Will, Will Witt, and he posted about how he can't believe anybody else, nobody's talking about it. And I said, I is that true? Nobody else is discussing this? And then I looked, and you're right. It's very, very few people on the conservative side even tried to call out Trump for praising the Johnson & Johnson billionaire for how much money he has on the stage of a MAGA rally. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. First of all, it happening in the first place, and then second of all, nobody calling him out, or at least a very small amount of people. Now, you guys, that being said, of course, my guy, Jesse Kelly, <laughs> I call him like my ideological twin, but I do that in secret just because I agree with him so much on so many things, and I'm like the little girl version of him, and he's very tall. But he said, this is exactly why every candidate should get into the 2024 GOP primary. Donald Trump has never been off message and out of touch. He's now out of he's now off message and out of touch. Only competition can bring him back. Either he gets back or he loses. Oh my gosh. I completely agree. This is out of hand. This is out of control. DeSantis is leading the way in a strong way. He is grounded. He has a foundation, a moral foundation. He's got a solid, beautiful family where he's clearly living out his values. He is living by the absolute perfect, and maybe I shouldn't say that, the absolute epitome of what the conservative playbook should look like when you're running for office. He is bringing back the powers to states. He's bringing back, just reminding people that states do have power, that we have this federalist system so states can challenge the federal government. And I am loving it. And so to see that we have rising stars that could lead us in such a great direction and could inspire people, and then to see Trump teasing that he's going to potentially run in 2024 and people are saying it's absolutely going to happen now but then he does something as dumb as this i gotta say what the heck are you doing and i should say you guys i'm not a big politics person in terms of campaign expertise all right obviously i'm a political gal but i'm not a campaign expert i'm just saying this rubs me the wrong way and if you're like me if you're an average person out there in america just as frustrated and all of this stuff with covid and with the inflation with the downturn of the economy the last thing I want to see is Trump at a MAGA rally bring on a billionaire and remind us how he has so much money. Thanks. We're very aware, especially because we're aware of all of our money going into these pharmaceutical companies that worked with dirty, corrupt politicians and bureaucrats to require the vaccines to be forced into Americans. 
And then, of course, those companies were paid hefty amounts. So I don't really want to hear it. Now, bringing it into an even weirder level is this second awkward thing that happened at the rally. He got booed. Him and Dr. Oz got booed. So this article, I think Newsweek. All right, Newsweek says, Trump defied by rally-goers booing, turning backs on Mehmet Oz. It's Jason Lemon. It says, Some attendees of former President Trump's Pennsylvania rally booed when he introduced Republican Senate candidate Dr. Mehmet Oz, while a group also protested the GOP contender by turning their backs to the stage as he spoke. Trump's endorsement of Oz, a physician and popular television, personality has drawn substantial backlash from Pennsylvania Republicans. Critics of Trump's decision to back Oz question the celebrity doctor's conservative credentials, bleh, conservative credentials, with many preferring Republican Senate candidates David McCormick or Kathy Barnett. And it says, while many cheered as he came, audible boos and groans could be heard in a live stream of the event on Newsmax. So again, with the, the weirdness it says Trump has repeatedly touted Oz's celebrity status. He leaned into those comments during his rally speech. I'm sorry, you guys, but I just really don't care about celebrity. I don't like celebrity. And I was worried about this with the whole Trump thing, that now all these celebrities that have a lot of money, that have no experience in these things, are like, you know, I could run for office. I've got the funds to do it. And that's what Dr. Oz said. Um, Trump at the rally says, his show is great. He's on that screen. He's in the bedrooms of all these women telling them good and bad. What? Again, wh- what? I just don't like it. Am I being picky right now? Why is he saying that? It's just this weird thing of like, it just doesn't add up with our core conservative base, especially as the culture war is on the rise and we are focusing more and more on certain values and the foundation of our society, the family unit. It's this like crass kind of comment. Am I am I the only one seeing this? His show is great. He's on that screen. He's in the bedrooms of all those women telling them good and bad. It's just a little weird. I think we need a little bit more if we are really going to save the republic. If the situation we're facing is that serious, and I think it is, this is the last kind of thing that I want from our next Republican president. He then says, uh, oh, no, wait, you guys. So this is the GOP chair of a rural county in Pennsylvania, Huntingdon. He said, the conservative Trumpers are very upset over this endorsement, and we cannot understand it. This county that we're talking about, Trump won 75% of the vote in the last presidential election. But the chairman says, quote, the Trump era is over in Pennsylvania because of his endorsement of Dr. Oz. Interesting. And then Fox News host Laura Ingram called the decision a mistake. Okay. And then what's even weird, I didn't know this, but Mike Pompeo, the former secretary of state, he endorsed McCormick in February. And he uh, described that he has, quote, national cons- uh, national security concerns about Oz. And I'm, I was like, what the heck is going on with that? So I looked into it, and it turns out um, Pompeo, so he was a CIA director, the CIA director at the beginning of Trump's term. And this article says that he criticized Oz for voting in the 2018 Turkish election and suggested he may have inappropriately close ties to Turkey's government. Although Oz was born in Ohio, he maintains a Turkish citizenship and served in the country's military as a young man. So then I was like, what? Interesting. So then I looked into it a little bit more. Um, Turns out, so then campaign spokesperson for Oz, her name's Brittany Yannick, she came out with a statement and said there is no security issue whatsoever, and David McCormick knows that Dr. Oz has maintained his dual citizenship to make it easier to help care for his mother, who who has Alzheimer and lives there in Turkey. Um, weird. Now, you guys, I, I don't usually like to play, like, pay attention to specific candidates and stuff, but this is very interesting, and every single Senate race matters so much, especially to the GOP, because that's where we really need to make sure we maintain control. I think we're absolutely going to win the House, but we've got to get a solid amount of people in the Senate, and this is going to be key. So the Pennsylvania primary is May 17th. I'm filming this right now on May 11th, so This week, or next week, I guess, in one week, May 17th, we are going to have the Pennsylvania primary. 
And I think it's going to say a lot about Trump's influence. I wonder if it's going to play a part into if he runs or not. Um, But right now, Oz has 18% of the Republican support. McCormick has 16. And in third place is um, Barnett with 12%. So this is going to be something that I think we should all watch, especially after the mess that was the Pennsylvania Trump rally. Okay, like I said, you guys, we are doing rapid fire. So next topic, uh, just addressing the 2,000 mules, a a few of you guys have asked me about that so far. Um, I was actually babysitting uh, three kids of my friend the night that it had the live premiere, and so I did not want to make them watch that, basically. And so I still have to watch it. I will, and if you guys have any thoughts, feel free to message me, but I'll, I'll talk about that in the future. I was just babysitting, and it was the best thing ever. Um, Next, rapid fire, like I said, Google. Did you guys hear about this one? Google has a new politically correct search function. Uh, It's an inclusive language function to promote political correctness. Uh, 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 uh. So the article from Breitbart says, The feature is being introduced initially to Google's enterprise-level users and will include both warnings and suggestions as part of Google's new assisted writing features in Google Docs. Typing in the word landlord, for instance, generates a warning that the term, quote, may not be inclusive to all readers, end quote, as well as the suggestion to replace the offensive word landlord with, quote, property owner or proprietor. Now, you guys, a classic Marxist tactic is to divide the workers versus the owners, the evil property owners, the evil landowners. And, uh, of course, with Marxism, you have that class warfare that's built up by the divisive tactics used to separate society, build up animosity. The class war will ideally, in their minds, end up with the workers taking over the evil landowners and property owners, all that stuff. And then they will control everything. The workers will control everything in society in the name of the people. All of the community will control the economy. All of the the collective, all of the workers will control and run the economy instead of the evil rich people. Um, That never ends up happening because after this rise up of the workers and the violence that usually takes place in the violent uprisings, unlike when you democratically elect socialists into office like in Venezuela, um, once they take power, what do you know, they've... They've gone and created yet another government, but in charge of that new socialist government are the few socialist leaders, and they just tell the people, okay, now we're going to tell you what to do, but of course, you know, this is all in the name of the people, so just be sure to comply. Okay, thank you so much. Yes, technically, we can now say the economy is run by the workers. Good job. Thank you for helping us get into power. Now go back to the factory. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. Like, if you type it in, it just pops up and says, Inclusive warning. <laughs> Some of these words may not be inclusive. Try blah, blah, blah instead. Um, you guys, guess what they've also changed? It says, similarly, Google takes issue with the word, quote, mankind, <laughs> and proposes substituting it with the more appropriate humankind. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of when, like, liberals and woke people are like how come it's not her story why is it his story and uh somebody replied and there was like because it's not about sex it's not about gender not everything is sexist it turns out the greek word historia originally meant inquiry the seeking of knowledge and um that knowledge comes from lurking into things and and inquiry and so that's you know where history, the word, comes from. It has nothing to do with his story, but thank you for bringing um, wokeness into every single word of society. Next up, um, policemen. And you guys, this one hurt. Housewife, as a future homemaker, I am highly offended. Um, Policemen and housewife apparently provoke a correction in the new Google function as well. And Google will instead urge you to replace them with gender-neutral police officers and stay-at-home spouse. Uh, for example, a tr- oh, this is interesting. So it, it limits some sort of offensive language, but some of it is allowed. So it says, for example, a transcribed interview with ex-Klu Klux Klan leader David Duke, in which he uses offensive racial slurs and talks about hunting black people, elicited no warnings, perhaps out of respect for similar language found in rap songs. Okay, it's kind of funny. It says the program did, however, propose amending President John F. Kennedy's inaugural address to substitute, quote, for all humankind in place of for all mankind. See, 
It's the distortion of history. I just hate to see it. So my opinion on this, uh, these functions, this kind of woke function added into, first of all, the enterprise aspect, and it will be probably added into average Joe Schmoes like us if we use Google Docs in the future, um, it's not helpful at all. And I don't think they're trying to be helpful. I think they're trying to distort history. I mean, even changing JFK's speech that says for all mankind and for all humankind, they're trying to change history. They're trying to control the narrative. They're trying to control words. And if you read a good book, um, The Road to Serfdom, F.A. Hayek, if you read The Road to Serfdom, it was written about 100 years ago, I would say, and one of the tactics he talks about as the left rises to power and as society transgresses down the road to serfdom is how the left will take basic words in a society in a language and change the meanings of them and they do this to be able to kind of have that mind control of of being able to control the conversation control history and form certain narratives and that's why you have things like oh conservative women are actually misogynist even though the definition of misogynist is to hate and hurt women because they say that we're internally misogynistic because of the values that we carry and the policies that we support. So women are actually misogynistic unless they comply. Same thing with diversity. They want physical diversity, but they do not want intellectual diversity. Um, Same thing with promising us progress, even though every time they implement their socialist policies, progressives, self-declared progressives, only bring regress to society. Same thing with socialism. They now call it democratic socialism, even though no matter how you get into power, whether you're democratically elected as a socialist or if you seize power Castro did in Cuba. Either way, when you implement socialism, whether it was democratic of a process to come to power or not, you ruin the economy with those terrible economic policies. So no, democratic socialism is not different. And then they also distort it by telling us that the social democracies of Nordic Europe, where there is a private capitalist economy in a country, but massive government programs and very high taxes to pay for those programs, completely different than economic socialist policies where the government takes over industries, they tell us, oh, it's one and the same. And when and when we get power as democratic socialists in America, we're going to look like Nordic Europe. You guys, Nordic Europe is capitalist. It embraces private economies, just massive government programs and very high taxes. They are distorting, controlling the narrative, controlling the conversation with all of their words. I think that's also why we have um, a new letter added to the LGBTQ alphabet mafia every single month because it allows them to continue to be the educators of, oh, let us explain this new thing to you as the holier than thou, the better than thou, um, the higher ups. Very concerning. (laughs) Next, Target. Uh, Target is now selling chest binders. Do you know what those are? I had to look it up. That's right. So Target, the Target that I usually go to, three times a week sometimes because I always need to get random things, whether it's for my office or for work or like little groceries or whatever it may be. Target is now partnering with a pro LGBTQ plus, I think I've said them all, um, community company called Tomboy X to sell now in Target stores, right? As Pride Month is coming, June, these uh, chest compression pieces that look like sports bras and they're called chest binders i guess and it allows girls and women who have breasts that want to look like boys because they think biologically they're actually boys and their doctor got it wrong or whatever it may be they want to be boys but they're girls so they have girl parts and they put this tight compression top on to hide their girl features So that's one of the things, but apparently I'm also hearing talk of, of packing underwear and, um, what's it called? Uh, tucking underwear. Now, side note, funny story. I do these short news clip videos for a company called the first, and they play them during their commercial breaks on their TV shows. And I did my two videos this week on the baby food Uh, baby formula shortage that we're going to talk about in a second. But I did the second one on this chest binder story with Target. And I apparently in the video mix up and like interchangeably use the the packing panties term and the tucking underwear term. Um, 
interchangeably. I, I use them as if they're the same thing. Apparently they're different. And so then I had to, once I found this out, I had to then contact the guy who's like the boss and reach out to him and say, hello, I made XYZ mistake in the video and it's actually XYZ. Um, can you, can you please help me have it, have that deleted from the clip? And just having to type that stuff out in a professional manner to, uh, the boss guy was very, very uncomfortable. But you guys, so apparently the the packing underwear is different because packing underwear, I guess, has like uh, packed stuff in it and then girls that want to be boys put it on so that it, it looks and feels more like they are boys down there. And then um, the tucking underwear allows boys that want to be girls to like tuck their stuff in and then the underwear is really tight so it allows them to tuck it in and look like girls down there so that was my bad I got that wrong okay and it was very embarrassing to have to reach out to the boss guy and explain that I had had gotten that mixed up um so that is what they're now selling in your average suburban target my friends and you might be thinking, okay, I mean, you know, trans people exist and perhaps it's it's helpful for them to be able to get the stuff easily that they want in Target. But then you got to wonder, you know, Target's not stupid. They wouldn't put products in their store. No business would that nobody will buy. And if only less than 1% of America's population is trans, because that's the case, why would they put these items, these physical altering items, into their stores when less than 1% of the American population would even want to buy them? Well, I mean, I feel like things are kind of uh, creepy at this point. A little bit cynical, if you ask me, perhaps. But what if this is to build access to a younger audience? What if this is to make it a lot easier for confused, unfulfilled young people who lack purpose and are currently finding purpose on TikTok and in these crazy woke political trends like gender um, changing and all this stuff and the belief that gender is different than sex? What if it's to further this agenda? I'm starting to think it is. Um, what's even creepier is I was really hoping I was wrong on that. And then I went on the internet and saw things like this. I have some really good news for young trans and non-binary folks whose families aren't supportive. Target has partnered with Tomboy X to sell compression tops. That's right, Target is selling a binder. And the beauty of this is that I have a Tomboy X compression top. This just looks like a sports bra. There's nothing on it that says it's a compression top. Tomboy X's name isn't even on it. They have a little subtle X, and the Target one is also going to have the Target logo. So if, say, your parents found it in your laundry, it's a sports bra. You got it at Target. Now, if you're larger chested like me, it isn't going to make you totally flat, but it is going to give you a much better base to work from to build a masculine silhouette. And That's right. Um, uh, there is a lot, there's a lot of people on the internet in the woke world now talking about how this is great, a great move by Target because it is just so hard for trans youth to have to sneakily order chest binders and packing panties and tucking underwear into the mail system, sneak it into the homes of their parents because they have to ship it. They live in their parents' home still. They're kids. They have to sneak it, hope their parents don't catch it when it's in the mail system and deliver to the house, and then hide it from their parents. Now they can just say, oh, mom, can I just get this plain sports bra? It's black. It has no labeling on it that says that this is what it actually performs, but secretly the kids know what it does. The parents are just like, uh, yeah, if you want the black sports bra, sure, go ahead. It it's it reminded me, you guys, of when the, the schools started revealing that they were helping students, there's a lot of schools out there getting in trouble, they were helping students change their name, their gender, and and go through that trans process without telling their parents. And they were saying, you know, it's, it's scary to tell parents, but we're going to be a safe haven for kids. 
it helps kids go around their parents. It creates a division between the kids and the parents. And similar with this now with Target. I think it helps eliminate the concern of parents being able to step in and do what's best for their confused and hurting child because I think this comes from a place of lack of fulfillment, lack of purpose, lack of understanding of the world around them, and ungratefulness as well in terms of we just oh woe is me you know i'm just an american kid with with nothing going for me and and i see all these beautiful people on social media and my life sucks when in reality we're living in the greatest time um in human history and we just lack the ability to have comparative history in our heads, the the complex understanding that humans have never been able to thrive in such a safe and healthy environment before. But unfortunately, we're just incredibly mentally unhealthy, especially our youth. So I'm really, really disturbed by this. And one of my favorite takes was from Matt Walsh, who said, this is no different. Providing these body-altering pieces of clothing for youth in target to be able to sneakily buy and use without their parents understanding or knowing what it really is this is no different especially since these kids are so mentally unhealthy no different than providing laxatives to anorexic kids that want to lose weight in an unhealthy way this is no different this is a a mental issue so uh, i completely agree now looking at this from a larger lens this first of all is very dangerous in the sense of continuing that divide between parents and children. The schools are encouraging a division and a distrust from kids between them and their parents, saying don't trust your parents, those evil conservatives, all of this stuff. I mean, you had parents being reported by their children for disobeying COVID regulations throughout the last couple years as these lockdowns were taking place. You have schools encouraging students to hide their gender transitions from their parents, the changing of their own name from their parents. The schools are allowing this. It's all completely inappropriate, but this is what happens in leftist regimes on the rise. We specifically see this in communist China. We saw it back then during the Cultural Revolution where children were encouraged to report their own parents if they heard anything. In communist Cuba, same thing would happen, and and in the series of, of interviews, we have a few people that discuss this, of their relationship with their parents, and Ray Armas he talks about his story living in Cuba where he was so indoctrinated by the school system to um, believe in the state as his parent and same thing within communist China. But when he found out the USSR was collapsing and he was in communist Cuba, all the kids were so worried about this because the USSR was like the epitome of amazingness, right? Or at least that's what they were told in schools. And so when the USSR collapsed, Ray went home and said, I'm going to kill myself if the evil American imperialists come to our, our shores of Cuba. And he was maybe, I think, nine. I think he said he was in fourth grade. And so imagine going home and telling that to your mom because you are so passionate about politics at that age. So it's very, very passionate to hear him explain that story. But then what he says is that when you're a parent in a communist regime like that, totalitarian regime where, where wrong think is not allowed and you will be sent to political prison or punished or whatever it may be, parents really struggle between trusting their kids with explaining what's happening. And so parents have to wait until the child is mature enough and trustworthy enough to tell them the truth. And so if they're too young and they're naive, they could accidentally just be like, mommy and daddy, like say they like get, get the talk from their parents, like child, we live in a communist regime. We live in a very serious situation. This is the state of our government. You cannot speak out all this stuff. They might, if they're too young, go to school the next day and be like, mommy and daddy told me about evil dictator Castro did blah, 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 blah. And we're not allowed to talk or we're going to go to jail. Like that might happen if a kid is too young and too loose-lipped. So the parent has to worry about that. But then as the kid gets a little bit older, you also have to worry about if I have this talk with my kid, will they end up being on my side or will they report me the next day because they've been told to do so by the school. So that's happened in Cuba. It's happened in uh, communist China. We have multiple first-hand testimonies of this happening and i'm really excited so remember to subscribe to young americans against socialism on rumble and youtube those episodes are going to come out in june but this division between parents and 
kids happening in, in the country today and instead of replacing parents and the family unit with a political purpose and with political leaders really scares me. And that's why, because it's a historical trend. The other aspect of this is the creation of chaos in society by eliminating some of the most basic standards for how society functions. One of the interviews that's going to be coming out is with Jivan Fleet, who was raised up and sent to the countryside to be trained up with the Red Guards under Mao's Cultural Revolution. And we've talked about that in previous episodes, but it's definitely a must-watch when it comes out, you guys. I'm so excited. And one of the things she discusses is how in America today, there's something similar happening. And it's almost opposite, though, of what happened in communist China. In communist China, they removed gender roles and created chaos by disrupting primal purposes and primal roles in society between men and women by encouraging women to become more masculine. And so, like I was saying with with the Red Guards and with the young students, young children attacking adults and intimidating them and using the Red Guard to implement Mao's Little Red Book policies – the Red Guards would do things, and, and Jivan Fleet explains this, of like, say a teacher liked to put a little blush on her cheeks and have a little bow in her hair. And so she wore the, the uniform as usual, but perhaps she put like a, a red handkerchief around her neck in a feminine way. She would potentially be beaten because she was not complying with going with a physical... Um, appearance that complied with the rest of society she was caring about her looks she was embracing her femininity and that was not allowed then so they wanted to masculine eyes i guess what's the word they wanted to make women more masculine and in america today there is such a large push instead yeah you you also see women being more masculine and we could talk about that that's a a great topic but most importantly they are feminizing men and men are they just look physically weaker first of all they are emotionally and mentally weaker they are told to be the submissives in a relationship um the creation of this two-income household it's now expected of men to just look at this as normal or even to be not the breadwinner but the stay-at-home dad instead and so uh, we are Making everybody equal in the sense of making men more feminine, and yes, I think women are also more masculine, but Xi Van Fleet makes such a great connection in this in terms of in China, they attacked the women and made us, forced us into being more more masculine and took away femininity from society. And now in America, they are taking masculinity away from society. It's very, very interesting. Um, So that's what I also thought of with the concern on a big level of the normalization of using things like chest binders and packing panties and tucking whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I am really disappointed in Target. And you guys, you know what? Like I said earlier about my makeup brand that I'm going to be using from now on that is completely clean and very, very small amount of ingredients – I have just been such a stickler as a conscious consumer these days. I refuse, okay? I'm just not interested. I will just save the money, right? And so I told you last time about I have all these pictures on my wall that I ended up just taping with construction blue, scotch blue tape, which is quite funny. Watch this be made in China. I'm holding it right now. Because every single time I tried to buy picture frames in every store, including Target, They were all made in China. And then because I'm doing this podcast a lot more, I invested in some more office supplies, prep supplies, and I had a bunch of cute stuff. And then I said, wait a second, I forgot to look. And every single one of those things was made in China. So to me, perhaps it's personal because now I have to sit across in a very intimate studio setting directly across from people that made products in slave camps in China that are then sold in America. And I now know the backstory to these things and the backstory to the creation of these products that we get for so cheap. In my heart, I just can't buy those things anymore. So I am very serious about it. And that goes along with now with Target, not only just the, the products that are in China that are from there, But now this chest binder thing is really like having me draw the line. I'm not interested. And as somebody who used to love going to Target, I will not be going back. And I'm putting my foot down. Let's see how that goes. But I think I'm going to stick to this. Okay, last thing, last topic. And then I have something I want to read to you on Twitter that just baffled me. Um, 
but at the same time inspired me because the best way to fight back against these people is to be wholesome and promote our values and uh, our way of life. Freedom is a lifestyle, baby. Baby formula. We have a baby formula shortage in this country. Uh, The reasons, you guys, basic supply chain issues from COVID, but not that. It was more so basic supply chain issues from shutting down the economy because of COVID. So that's what happens when you shut down an economy. You have massive repercussions. And what do you know? The bureaucrats and politicians of our government did not consider any of these things when they made very harsh decisions to shut down the country. And now you have a baby formula shortage. But at the same time, we also have some other factors playing into the shortage. Because yes, there's there are supply problems with wood. I make wooden American flags. I'm very aware of the rising cost of things like wood, but also the prices of gas, the basic groceries, everything. It's a real struggle right now. But to have an issue of supplying something as crucial as baby formula says a lot. So I'm very much in favor of breastfeeding. I'm not saying though that you're bad if you use baby formula. The problem is that there are, this is where things get sticky. A lot of the people using baby formula rely on the baby formula because their baby, they couldn't get the baby to latch in the first place. They can't breastfeed or the baby has special needs. And that special need is a certain mixture of baby formula specific to them. There's a bunch of different mixtures that you can get. And so a lot of the times it's based on the specific health needs of that struggling baby in the first place. So that's where things get really, really sticky. You cannot just mix up what kind of baby formula you are providing to babies. This is very specific. And just changing up those little things can completely alter the health of the baby. And I was listening to Um, Bethany Mandel on the Glenn Beck show explained this because she's a really great perspective on this. And I'm going to play you a clip of, of her talking about something in a little bit, but she was explaining that a lot of people don't understand this. If you change up the, what the baby is consuming in terms of the mixture of the baby formula, like if you water it down, even you are significantly altering the electrolytes and the nutrients that the baby is getting. And that kind of disruption to such a small, tiny creature that the baby infant is, can actually kill the baby, can send the baby to the hospital and have it end up dying. And that is just tragic. So what's interesting is, did you guys know that about 50% of baby formula consumed by American babies is from China? I didn't know that. And like I said earlier, I have some problems with things that come from China. So very interesting note. I don't know anything beyond that but you can bet your butt I'm going to be looking into it now. That being said, Shanghai is currently on lockdown. China is using force to shut everything down that it can to control COVID, and that's having a significant impact on the amount of baby formula available in America. Not only that, this was all made 10 times worse, 100 times worse, because Abbott the largest U.S. manufacturer of baby formula just had a huge recall because it turns out there was a dangerous bacteria in their formula, in one of the formulas. And I think two babies died and maybe I think six or so were hospitalized because of the dangerous bacteria. So it was recalled. What I'm reading and what I'm seeing in this is that perhaps the recall was a little bit too broad and they recalled all of this stuff out of concern of like potentially it could have spread to other formulas, whatever it was, you don't exactly know and you don't want to risk it. But they also might have gone a little bit too broad with a sweeping recall because this sweeping recall did not come with like a an action plan on like how we're going to make sure that these babies still get it. So the latest update is that the factory is still shut down. But guys, guess what? Guess why it's still shut down? Yes, they had to clean it. They had to get rid of this bacteria. They had to do a deep clean, but they finished that cleaning. And now they're just waiting for government inspectors to do so. And so Saki and, and the rest of the Biden administration is like, yeah, we are uh, we're working with the FDA to uh, make sure that they are getting everything back to rolling. They're getting the ball rolling. Everything will be fine. There is like no urgency to any of this. And so... I was looking into it like, what is with this lack of urgency? And that's where I really loved what Bethany Mandel said. I want you guys to listen to this. This is sort of the the lack of urgency that we see on the part of the government in 
<laughs> so many ways that we've really gotten a window into in the last two years. A, a total lack of urgency to treat this as as a as an emergency. One one of my sort of favorite stories about this is in, you know, during COVID, um, we learned that the vaccine was somewhat dangerous to to teenage boys that it was car- causing heart issues. And they, the FDA scheduled a meeting three weeks away on Juneteenth. And then when Juneteenth became a national holiday, they were like, you know, we're going to honor that holiday. We're just going to push it back another few weeks. And so the, like, we were administering a vaccine to teenage boys that was potentially, you know, life-threatening to their hearts. And FDA pushed it off for five weeks. And that, that sort of lack of urgency and government bureaucracy that we saw with, you know, hearts of teenage boys, we're seeing the same thing with formula right now. I think that's a really great analysis, and it's just one example, but it is so accurate with what the heck is with these bureaucrats, and this is the problem with government, is they cannot get the ball rolling, they do not have urgency when people's lives are on the line, and it really, it you have to wonder with all of these repeated events and offenses by our government, when is it just incompetence, and when is it absolute intentional behavior and action? And people ask that a lot with Afghanistan. They ask it with the uh, failures with our energy situation as we won't produce in America but will buy from unethical sources now, I guess. A lot of this you have to wonder, is it incompetence or is it intentional? And when we get into a situation as innocent and sweet and horribly sad as a baby formula shortage, you have to start questioning your faith in the system. Because they aren't showing any concern. And this, after multiple years of growing distrust in the system, especially in things like the FDA, especially in things like um, Fauci's control of the health officials and the CDC and the WHO and all of these organizations that are supposed to exist via taxpayer dollars to benefit society and to provide expertise on things that, you know what, us average people, no, we cannot dedicate our entire day to making sure that all products are A-OK, that everything we're consuming is good. That's the whole point of these these organizations is to try and help us by providing expertise. No, they shouldn't force things onto us, but they should at least be trustworthy sources. And the big lesson is you can't trust the government, but this is kind of what the government gets and deserves, this lack of trust when something like a baby formula shortage happens because they have earned our distrust over the last few years. And now when something serious like this is happening, you see the FDA saying, don't mix DIY formula, don't do XYZ, just trust us, go to your doctor, we'll fix this, we're going to work to fix this, just hang tight. And a lot of us are saying, why should we believe anything that you say? It's almost like we should be doing the opposite of what the FDA says at this point. So I would say, as this all unfolds, it's really sad to see, but this is what happens when the government behaves in such a way over the last few years to create such distrust of anything that they say, anything that they do. It's hard to believe them, and it's hard to believe their intentions at this point. And so when we have to trust them to do something like approve and, and help clean a facility that's the largest manufacturer of baby formula, yeah, a lot of us are having some trust problems right now. Now, you guys, I want to close out with an an interesting tweet that I saw Um Speaking of Bethany, this is crazy. Just getting two shout outs. Speaking of Bethany Mandel, I had seen some tweets. She was going back and forth with this guy, Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann. Um, his, tw- his Twitter bio says, course, I'm respectable. I'm old. Politicians, ugly building, and H or W-H-O-R-E-S all get respectable if they last long enough. By the way, I seldom read the replies. What a man. And he has 980,000 followers on Twitter. I don't know anything about him other than that. And I'm not exactly impressed with what I'm seeing right now. But Bethany had tweeted something. And he didn't like it. And so he decided to look at her profile and start making fun of her. Her profile says, wife to Seth, how cute. Homeschool mom to, wait, one, two, three, four, five kids. (gasps) I need to meet this woman. Okay, homeschool mom to five kids, editor at Heroes of Liberty, contributing writer to Desiree, and column at Fox News. How amazing. How have I not 
I'm kind of shocked with myself. How have I not connected with this person yet? A homeschool mom? Um, so this Keith man that I don't like, <laughs> I've just declared I don't like Keith. He replied to her random political tweet that he disagreed with and said, imagine putting homeschool mom in your bio and not understanding you've just ruined the lives of five innocent children. <sighs> so that's the fun thing about the left. They look at the public school system these days. They look at the depression rates, the suicide rates, the terrible levels of education going on and the the intellect of american students compared to other students worldwide and they go wow it's the homeschoolers that are the problem you're making creepy kids the evil eh, icky homeschoolers they're the weirdos in society they're the ones who their kids probably bully homeschool kids their kids are probably the bullies in high school okay they think homeschooling is the problem here it is not, okay? I can't wait to homeschool my kids. And when people like Keith, who think that they are holier than thou and can make fun of homeschool moms on Twitter and bring in homeschooling their children and ruining their children's lives just because they disagree with a tweet about some other random political thing, it's disgusting. Keith Olbermann, you are nasty. I've never felt the need to call someone out like this before. But you guys, today on the podcast, Morgan Zeggers is getting mean about someone, and it's this Keith man. How dare you attack Bethany, my new best friend that I've never met. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. But this is disgusting. And when a man talks like this, mm -mm, he's weak. He's beta, he's weak, and he deserves no submission from a good woman, I'll tell you that. Now, moving on, what really made me happy and what brought my attention to all this was from Jeremy Wayne Tate. He has his Instagram bio that says Catholic CEO at CLT Exam, host of Anchored Podcast, currently reading Lord of the Rings. He had said, and he posted this beautiful picture of him and his wife and one, two, three, four, five, six kids in front of their home, and it was the cutest thing. He replied to Keith, Evil Keith, and he said, My wife was president of her high school graduating class, graduated from the University of Virginia with honors, did Teach for America, and then homeschooled all of our children for at least three years so they wouldn't grow up to make ignorant statements like this, like Keith's ignorant statement. <laughs> oh my gosh! So that made my day. Thank you to all of these strangers. You've made Morgan's day, you've made my week. And it's women like Jeremy Wayne Tate's wife and Jeremy, and Bethany, and Bethany's husband, who make that active choice to dedicate family resources and time into homeschooling and into building that learning environment for children, instead of just letting them comply with the world the way Keith prefers to do it, and sending their kids off to public school. I love that. I appreciate that, and that inspires me. It's people like them that get me so excited about the future. They make Adulting seem fun in that way, and I think we need more conservatives and more people on our side in the freedom movement who reach out to young people and say, listen, your life doesn't end after college. Your life does not start going downhill after you peak in high school or college. You can peak at other points in your life, and you can have not only peak, you can just continue to rise and rise and rise. Life is not going to end once your fun, rebellious years are over of binge drinking and hooking up and whatever the heck the pop culture and the worldliness pushes onto you these days. There's a better way to do it. I love it. All right, you guys, with that, remember to go to ZeggersFreedomFlags.shop for a flag or for a political sign from me. We also, I'm really excited by this, we are partnering with a leather smith. Kenny, and we are going to be selling cool, limited amounts of patriotic, I think something page, I'm not going to want to spoil it, patriotic key tags. And so if you want to be in the club, you can buy one. They're going to last a lifetime. I love them so much. And like I said about buying things not from communist China, not from these cheap stores, this is the kind of stuff you're supporting American, you're supporting something that's going to last forever and, and be high quality and you're supporting the families of American workers, and I just love that. So that's going to be out soon. Keep an eye out for pictures and start and marketing stuff as we get those keychains in, but that's at zeggersfreedomflags.shop. Use code FREEDOM for free shipping. Subscribe to Young Americans Against Socialism on Rumble and YouTube because those episodes are coming out soon. I am so excited, and if you could, 
subscribe to this podcast, give me five stars and leave a word to review. Say this is the best podcast you ever did here. All right. I hope you guys have a nice day. Thanks for listening. Bye. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.